are. And we are recording with the one and only Dr. Dale, Dale Comstock. What? Airborne, Delta, OGA, mercenary, black belt, PhD, trained canines. I think you speak Portuguese. Actor, author, you build bombs, defuse bombs. And weds, <laughs> an author of American Badass, and that that book will be in the description. That's the first episode Dale and I ever did, episode fifty, which was two and a half years ago. Um, this is episode nine hundred and seven, so it's been wow. a Jesus Christ, and I say that out loud. Um, but uh, Dale is absolutely the most interesting man in the world. He's the most interesting recurring guest I have. Dale was the holder of like the top ten places for most views on my YouTube channel before I got banned. So, um, but you've told. God knows how many stories on here. I think probably most well-known is the Modelo prison raid to get Kurt Muse. Was that Urgent Fury, Acid Gambit in Panama? Um, but I texted you a, a, a while ago. It was a post I saw on your Instagram about running for security for a for a VIP somewhere out in California. And, I mean, what's on your Instagram is it Bugattis, 6 by 6 Mercedes trucks. And I guess this person was threatened, but... So as not to to butcher your story, Dale, take it away, man. All right, cool. Um, so I've done a lot of, you know, as you you know, kind of mentioned, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different, uh, particularly security skill sets. But um, one of the things I'm pretty good at is executive protection. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I've literally trained details to support the president of the United States, not this president. Um, I would never do that. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, and so, but no, you know, like George H. Bush um, and others. And so I've trained us, uh, again, guys in, in my organization, past organizations to tra- uh, protect uh, uh, high-risk uh, dignitaries, American dignitaries abroad in uh, in very dangerous places. So um, I've protected, you know, individuals, billionaires, millionaires, um, generals, you know, a, a whole range of uh, clients. Um, I know VIP protection and soup the nuts. That's I'm really good at that. So anyways, um, I worked in Hong Kong, you know, as you know, we talked about that earlier. Um, I protected a multi-billionaire investment banker over there, um, which is very interesting detail. I'll kind of go into the details just a little bit because it's actually kind of comical. Um, I won't mention any names, but uh, the old man was, you know, a good guy, uh, Chinese guy, um, very well uh, well-educated, uh, well-spoken, spoke really good English, worth a lot of money, married to, so he was about, at the time, he was about 54, 55. Um, his wife was 32 years old. She's a Mexican model. Um, I'll, I'll just be nice, what I have to say, but anyways, that was- 10 out of 10. <laughs> but the whole detail was actually kind of funny, right? So I kind of just sum, sum it all up. So the security detail, based on the old man's uh, requirements, all the guys had to be a certain size, had to have a certain look. He had to, he was a final approving authority of everybody that was on the detail. Believe it or not, I was the smallest guy on the team. I was weighing in at about uh, 215, 10% body fat, um, you know, and uh, six foot. And uh, all the other guys were bigger than me and all, all of us were bald heads, right? So I don't know if that was just kind of just worked out that way, but we're all a bunch of big bald headed dudes, literally from everywhere. Jamaica, Australia, um, Poland, um, Germany, you know, so I had a international team, you know, and, and I'm covered down on a Chinese guy with a Mexican wife and then her, 
her like her one of her best little buddies was a Hungarian German midget gay right homosexual <laughs> and so and he was a little tiny dude and he would always sit on our lap and we'd travel around travel around you know in a freaking back of a G5 you know like a little freaking lap dog but it was the most comical thing when you saw the whole entourage walking down the street <laughs> but anyway that was a very interesting detail but more importantly uh, going back to your story so a few years back uh, I went to uh, I went to Los Angeles. I was on the series SWAT. Um, I did a I did one of the episodes on that. So I was invited to come out. I was out there, and while I was out there, another good friend of mine, who's also pretty famous actor, um, also a famous country western singer, he calls me just while I happen to be out there, and he goes, "Hey man," he goes, um, "Listen, I got a friend. She's got a problem, um, and she needs security. She's scared to death." And uh, you know, blah blah blah. He starts going and going into some of the details, and he goes, "There's only one guy I told her I would recommend, and it was you." And I said, "Okay, well, um, how much? What, what, what's the details?" He goes, "Well, he goes, I'm gonna give you her number. She's expecting to call. Call her, work out the you know the math and all logistics and things like that, and uh, you know, fucking take it from there." And so I did. And I called her up, and uh, so I figured my number, etc. And I called her up, and. Uh, Little did I know, she knew everything about me. She had Googled the hell out of me a lot. And so, so when I called her up, I'm on the, on the set. I go, listen, um, what's your drama? She, goes, she laid it all out for me. Basically, what happened was um, she had someone that she thought she could trust um, steal over a million dollars worth of diamonds from her, right? Necklaces and jewelry and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then... She realized that she had been duped. It was too late. The person had gotten away with the stuff. She belonged, this other person had belonged to a uh, very notorious uh, Chicago gang um, led by a guy that was actually a felon that had been to prison, been in a lot of trouble. All of a sudden, he come, becomes a, a life coach, right? <laughs> so he's out there posing as a life coach, but he's still a gangster, right? Mm. And so it's a it's an organized crime syndicate, you know, if you will. And uh and this was all part of the play. So not going to how the details later on, how this whole thing came together, but ultimately what happens, I call her and I go, well, all right, listen, I said, here's my deal. I said, it's $2,000 a day uh, plus pass through costs. Um, you know, that means, you know, you put me up somewhere, feed me, you know, and you pay me $2,000 a day. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, no problem. I was like, damn. Okay. <laughs> so 5,000 a day. You know, and well, actually, so that's probably like $1,600 a day more than the average bodyguard will get. But uh, the way I looked at it, you know, you're paying for the best. And so it's going to yeah. cost you, right? Because I'm, you know, this was, this was no joke. This was, there was a real threat against her, um, a real deadly threat. In fact, what they had told her was if she didn't shut her mouth, they literally said, and these are the words, I'm going to rape you white girl in an alley and I'm going to kill you. Um, and so, you know, this is a very, um, wealthy 31 year old beautiful woman never been married you know born into money well educated and always insulated and all of a sudden she's getting a death threat and uh and she was scared right so uh so i was this is where i come into play so i said well listen i said one i don't have you know i said <laughs> i'm on a set film and i said really i didn't bring a suit or any kind of work that kind of clothes you know for this type of work and uh, she's like, ah, don't worry about it. You don't need any clothes. And a uh, little did I know later on, it, it, she really meant I don't need any clothes, like no clothes. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I'm like, okay. 
You go, don't worry about it. Just come as you are. And I said, okay, that's even better because there's been, I really don't want to wear a suit, you know? And, uh, and then I said, I had a friend with me and a uh, female. I go, listen, I got a female here with me. I said, you know, um, you know, I, I got a female here with me. And she goes, I'll just bring her along. And I said, okay, because I'll use her as counter surveillance, you know, uh, I can plug her into this whole thing somehow. So anyways, after we got done shooting, um, you know, on, on the set, I ended up, um, going to, uh, she, I ended up in LA, flew to LA. She had a limousine waiting for me and, uh, got in the limousine. She calls me. She's, she sends me a menu of food and she goes, what do you like? You know, pick, pick whatever you like. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, she goes, just whatever. Right. And so I was like, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's like too much right now information. And so I get to her location and she's staying, I won't name the, the name of the building, but, uh, again, just for, um, uh, Offset reasons, if you will, non-disclosure agreements and things like that. But uh, the where she was staying was a very high-end, um, very expensive apartment complex. Is probably the best way I can put it. And uh, it, the let me put it this way: the the top, the suites on the top floor were seventy thousand dollars a month, um, and they, the lowest were fifteen thousand dollars a month. These apartments, okay, um, it was like a little city in and of itself, and that's where yeah. she lived, and. Uh, guess where I stayed in my own apartment for $15,000 a month. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, I thought I was going to be staying out of the street at holiday inn or something, you know, and I'd hope it to work every day, you know, oh, and she got you a room. Yeah. Right underneath hers. Oh, so I got my own $15,000 a month apartment, which was nice, fully stocked with, you know, I mean, you know, she bought me all kinds of foo foo food and stuff, you know, and uh, whatever I wanted, <laughs> it was stocked anyways. Um, and then she had bought me already, ordered all kinds of clothes for me, like Under Armour clothes, hiking shoes. And stuff. I was like, wow, you know, I didn't ask for another, but she had everything waiting for me, man. I was like, damn. So, uh, so I meet her and uh, <clears throat> she kind of gives me the lowdown on everything. And so at the time she was 31 years old, very, very attractive. Um, wow, a stunner and uh, very nice. And, uh, you know, she had told me what happened. So the story goes something like this. So now this involves another guy. He's a very rich billionaire out of England. He's in Miami. Um, he's at a hotel. Um, his woman walks up to him and, uh, you know, basically, you know, solicits him, very attractive. Um, and the guy falls for it, you know. I don't know if he betted her there or what he did, but that ended up him going to L.A. because he lives in, in England, but... He was, he sat on some very prominent boards. I won't name the boards, but very prominent um, boards that we, you know, we all we know who it is. We said it. So, um, so she kind of became his sugar baby and uh, she flew out to LA also. And she, she serviced him on call. And so the, this building that my client lived in, the only way you could move in there and go in there is you had to have a background check done here. Right, so you just can't move in. If I want, you know, no matter how much money you had, they have to do a complete background check for security. Blah blah blah, pretty secure. Somehow, this woman bypassed security and got an apartment in there, right? <laughs> and uh, probably the same way she got a hold of this billionaire. Somehow, she she worked her way in there, but now she's got an apartment in there, and she's sitting down with my client one day, and they're getting to know each other. And uh, my client wore a lot of very expensive jewelry, and. It, she didn't own it or um, she didn't own it. A lot of times she was wearing it for another jewelry, you know, for a jewelry store, selling it and marketing for him, you know? And uh, so this woman, um, it's just, I don't, okay. So I don't, 
use any names. You know, my client, the other one was the, was, I'm going to say the black woman. Okay. She was actually a high end call girl and I've got very attractive too. And so, um, so the black woman, she became very good friends with my client. Well, immediately kind of warmed up to her and uh, she goes, Hey, you know what? My boyfriend's this billionaire, blah, 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 you know? And, uh, She goes, uh, we're getting married, you know, and we want to have a nice wedding and his kids are going to be there. And, and uh, I want to make sure everybody's really decked out. And I want some really nice jewelry, you know, like what you're wearing there. That'd be cool. You know, oh, yeah, well, I'm selling this, not selling, but I'm wearing it for a jewelry store. We can work something out. And uh, she's like, yeah, I would love this. and I would love that. And I would love that. You know, it's great, you know. And and so so she she shows, uh, you know, pictures of her boyfriend and his bios and all that she goes here she goes how much and she told her million something dollars right she's like okay she texts her boyfriend and shows him pictures and you know and and he's like yeah it was very nice go ahead and get them right? and I'll, I'll wire the money right now sorry give me the the, the transfer uh, the wire uh, account information you know where wire the money so she gets all that information passes it to him now he's legit all right i met the guy he was yeah. legit Okay. Now, um, so my client's like, okay, well, okay. Barring transfer information done. I trust you because I've kind of talked to this guy. Okay. Connected all the dots. We're good. Here, go ahead and take that with you for now. And, you know, I'll wait for my wire transfer. Should be here in a minute. Wire transfer never came. (laughs) And so, uh, and so then my client was like, oh shit. And this girl was gone. Oh, fuck. Out the back door. Gone right. So now this turned into oh, an oh shit moment. Um, she told the you know the hotel. She talked to hotel not the hotel, but the the building manager, security, and they realized they screwed up too because they knew a background check or somebody dropped the ball. And like they wanted to keep it quiet because now they're going to uh, piss off all these other tenants that you know very high expensive wealthy tenants. Right? There were literally multiple billionaires living in this freaking place, and so um, when they went finally they, they, they wanted a victor couldn't get a hold of him, went into an apartment and found out there was nothing in this apartment, no furniture, nothing, just bare floors. There was garbage piled everywhere. She was just basically sleeping on the floor and just throwing trash everywhere, just using that as a whole, a whole up place. Right. Um, so now it's getting kind of really shady. So there was one guy that, uh, man, I gotta be very careful how I say no, this. You're good. There's some very prominent people out there that are associated with this thing. And, uh, Oh, not live. I can edit out anything. Yeah, really high end stuff. So, anyways, um, this one particular guy goes, "Yeah, I know this chick. She hangs around with this guy who hangs around with this guy who's a very well known professional boxer." Okay, and this other dude's rolling around a Rolls Royce. She goes, "Yeah, I know exactly who they are." And she goes, "Can you please go down and talk to him? Say, look, just give me the stuff back. I won't say nothing." So he does, and they, when he goes and confronts the guy. He's like, you know what? You tell that white bitch. He goes, if she don't shut up and drop this, I'm going to take her in a rally. I'm going to rape her and kill her. Right? He says, send her that message. So he came back and told her. And that's when she lost her shit. Mm-hmm. Got really scared. Now she's like, oh, my God. Now, here's the problem with the insured. I mean, the, the jewelry. It's not insured once it's off the property of the jewelry store. Yeah. So she's liable for it. Right? So now she's going to eat over a million dollars worth of shit. Now, she had money. Yeah. Her family was very wealthy. But uh, apparently there's some other issues involved. Um it also makes her look like shit now to the well, jewelry yeah, company. Is it an inside funds. job? Yeah, trust funds and things like that. There's other drama that goes along with it. So, um, so anyways, it's not looking good for her. And um, 
So I, you know, so my job is basically to pull security for, right? So I'm, I bring, I get my body armor. I have my cousin. He brings my, one of my uncle's 45s. I'm packing out there as well because I, at this point, I've already engaged uh, LAPD, um, I've, uh, the U.S. Marshal's Office, uh, the FBI, um, the agency. I've gotten a lot of people, including, including the Chicago uh, gangs unit. Um, I'm, I'm well plugged in everywhere, man, law enforcement and around the country. And they're all going getting in this. And one of the messages I got was that this guy said he will kill her because you better take him serious because this guy is no joke. And I was like, whoa. Then <laughs> I not realized who this guy is and who this gang is. It's like, yeah, these are some evil, evil people. This is a syndicate. So, um, um, so now I'm thinking, okay, this is not just, you know, this is not just, okay, this isn't real. And so I'm making sure I'm, I'm covering down on her good. So she never wanted to leave this building. Not that we even needed to, because everything you wanted was in this building. Everything, man. Movie theaters, um, you know, pr all private stuff, you know, swimming pools, bars, you know. Um, she didn't really work. She had a company, clothing company, but she didn't really work. Um, but uh, sometimes we'd have to venture out, you know, and go, go to dinner or go to the uh, company or whatever we had to do. So, um, so I said, all right. First things first, I said, we're going to talk about personal security. We're going to talk about patterns of life. We're going to talk about, you know, some things that you need to understand, um, do's and don'ts, you know. I said, I'm going to talk about some basic uh, secure, uh, defensive techniques, you know, um, you know, those types of things, right? Just we got to start somewhere. So um, that's what we started with. And uh, and I went with her everywhere, everywhere, man. We would go out for dinner, you know, every night. And I swear she would not. You know, I would try to cover down on the door wherever I need to position myself tactically. She wouldn't have it. She's like, no, 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 you have to sit right here next to me. I'm like, okay, you're paying, but okay, that's what you want. Man, I'm sitting there next to her before you. Ah, oh, man, it gets crazier, right? It gets really crazy. Then I finally realized she had fallen in love with me. Um, it took, you know, I was like, this is really awkward, but okay, I'm thinking, this, she really likes me, man. It's like, I'm trying to do my job and keep mm. my professional poise, you know? And uh, so, as time goes on, um, you know, we're going out every night, her and a couple other, just like two other people, a couple eating dinner, probably spent no less than $1,500 every night on dinner. Um, and, and I had to sit at the table and, and indulge as well, you know, freaking, you know, I like, okay, you know, so, um, and then, uh, <clears throat> some time went by and now I, I go from bodyguard to PI. Not that I want to, but she's not making any progress. She's already talked to LAPD, um, and they're like, you know, well, you know, you're a rich white girl, you know, we got other, yeah, you know, we got other little blue collar minions to worry about. So, you know, whatever, you know, and they kept dismissing her, you know, and she was getting really frustrated. Uh, she wasn't getting any help. I did the best I could. I mean, doing background checks and had PIs involved, you know, trying to get, run this thing down. And, uh, but there was one, one thing kind of made me wonder was this billionaire's role in this thing, right? It's like, I happened to run into, in the building, because he lived on the top floor. Um, again, he was a one of the founders of a very prominent hotel chain, big hotel chain, right? And I was like, wow. And uh, kind of told him the story. He goes, oh, I know that guy. He sits on this board, and he goes, by the way, if this story gets out, he's done. He is done, right? And it's like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't want this story to get out or his name attached to it. I go, really? That's good to know. So 
<laughs> next morning I called the guy. I said, Hey man, I said, this is me. I'm, you know, I'm providing security for, you know, the client. I said, I would like to come and talk to you somewhere in private. I got something very important we need to discuss. Um, it would really behoove you to come and, and have this meeting with me. Um, and so he did. And so I arranged it. So it was like seven o'clock in the morning at a Starbucks across LA somewhere. And uh, I got there early. I picked out the seat, the table and everything, you know, did a little recon before we got started, make sure I wasn't being surveilled. And, uh, he shows up little fat, white, dumpy, redheaded English dude. <laughs> and, uh, he kind of wobbles in and, and I, and I, Hey, how's it going, man? Sit down. You know, he sits down and he's got his back towards the door and the windows and I'm facing, I'm sitting back against the wall. And we kind of start off with some, you know, a little small talk, you know, and then I was like, listen, man, I said, here's the deal. I said, this woman you've been banging, which I know you're married. You got two kids in England. I said, and you're over here banging this other chick. <clears throat> and uh, she used your name. We've got text messages and emails from you. Um, we know it's true. We got pictures of you two together. We got all this. We can prove you two know each other. Um, and you guys had this conversation about the jewelry. I said, my client only wants the jewelry. She just wants the money, either jewelry or the money back. That's it. And, and I said, be honest with you. I said, a man of your status, because I know all about you. Um, you know, and I ran it down for him. He was like, oh, shit. I said, yeah, I know. You got billions of dollars. You sit on some very prominent boards. I said, look, bro. I said, just write the check. I said, you know what I would do? If I was, if I was sitting in your seat, I would just go ahead and write that check, sign an NDA. Be done. First sign in there, be done with this thing, right? Just look back. And just, okay, lesson learned. Noted. And he was squirming in his chair, man. He's like, yeah. Whew. You can see he was like sweating bullets. He's like, yeah, you know, flop, flopping around, you know, like, Ooh. and, uh, you know, I'm being, I'm not trying to threaten him. I'm just saying, you know, this is what I would do, man, is I would do that, you know? And he goes, yeah, you know what? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, let me talk to my lawyer. I go, that's a good idea. I said, <laughs> Talk to your lawyer. Um, and so, uh, and we'll expect a phone call from your lawyer, most Ricky Tick. I said, because if you don't, it doesn't happen. I said, my client is prepared to go to the LA Times, to all the newspapers, and tell the story. And she's going to drop your name. I said, I promise you, your wife and your kids are going to see it. Uh, and the board you sit on are going to hear it. I said, yeah. it's not going to go well, man. I said, yeah. she, I can't talk her off of it, man. I said, I'm not going to talk her out of it. She's going to do this, man. I said, sorry man it's how it is i'm just a messenger and so like he's getting really nervous right so we part ways and by the time i got back to her apartment her lawyer already called uh her lawyer called our lawyer who called her and uh oh, his lawyer called her uh, her lawyer who then called us and he and he said the other lawyer said you know that she sent one of her goons over to you know to, <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. that's how it was supposed that's to how, be. that's how i want to come across <laughs> yeah, i was i wanted to be like the nice nasty guy you know yeah. um you know for this <laughs> i'm gonna play play the role so it kind of worked and uh and so they wanted to sell they wanted to give her two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and i knew that was going to be a non-starter and she's like no not no but hell no she goes i want over a million dollars and uh I'm looking at her thinking, no, you better take the 250. They're not going to give you more. I said, in fact, I said, the next thing that's going to happen is that old, that dude's going to get on the first thing smoking back to England. He's going to leave this country. And now, you know, and you're going to be out. It's all over, right? So she told him no, and I was right. Um, he got on the plane. Now, before that, what happened was um, I actually tried to arrange, because I had talked to him on the phone a couple of times. And I said, look, man, I said, 
you're, you're still communicating with this woman. I said, why don't you set up a little dinner date? Bring her to dinner. Let me know when and where. I said, I will come in and affect the citizen's arrest. Now, I already cleared this police department. I go, what are, what are my legal ramifications? What can I do? I said, this woman's already got three felonies, by the way. Yeah, she's already had three felony, uh, two non-parole felonies on her. I said, so we've got a felon. Um, in a, and I asked her, I said, can I just kind of walk in a restaurant and just freaking arrest her? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And uh, I said, okay. I said, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. So we're rolling around on the floor. I'm pretty sure she's going to give me a fight. And I said, I accidentally grabbed her boob or something, trying to restrain her. I said, is there going to be any blowback? Right? Is this assault? <laughs> I said, he said, no. He says, just, you know, you can, you go, you can do this, right? It's a citizen's arrest. You got grounds, blah, blah, He gave me all the reasons, right? They, mm-hmm. I, got, I got this from several uh, law enforcement sources. I said, okay, so sounds like a plan. So I kept trying to tell this guy, you know, can you set up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to meet me tonight at dinner. Where? What time? Okay. And then he called me back. Ah, oh, she canceled. I said, okay, let's try it again. We tried it several times, right? And it's like kept canceling. So I started thinking, this guy is jerking me around. He's just saying that, but nothing's happening, mm-hmm. probably on purpose. Um, you know, she was pretty elusive anyways, but something there was more to this thing was smell a little fishy, right? Because if we if I caught her, it's gonna open Pandora's box for him anyways, right? It's gonna yeah. it's, it's gonna open the box anyway. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, um, he's got no interest in helping you. Yeah, yeah, he really doesn't want to help me, right? So that's when I said, you know, let's have a meeting, and I brought it out to him, and then of course he he left. So now we're like, you know, this went on, this is going on for a while. I keep asking, I said, how long do you need me for? And she kept saying forever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I can't be here forever. I got things to do, you know. Um, and uh, that's when it started. You know, occurred to me that. I think she likes me, man, like yeah. a lot, you know, outside of, you know, it's not personal, not professional, you know? And, uh, and so I try to keep my professional poise. And there was a lot of, Oh my God, there's some, it'll come out in the book. When I write the book, there's a lot of things that this was they're pretty good, man. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Hey, I need you to come up here. I need to talk to you. Where are you at? In my bedroom. Oh God, no. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Got you want to talk to me? I pillow talk. I got this. Okay. Okay. I can. I'm, I'm Dale. I'm, I'm a man of many talents. Yeah, it's like oh, it got really, it got really crazy. But um, honestly, I liked her. She was really cool. Um, sure. She was really. I tell you, she any other guy would have been all over that man. I mean, I mean, there was nothing wrong with her whatsoever. Very, very attractive. Um, lots of money. I mean, whoever married her became a millionaire overnight. You know, yeah. and uh, she was just, she's just a good person. But so, anyways couple other things that um you know during the day like we would always meet downstairs in in the, there's this loud large lounge area kind of open to the swimming pool just really nice you know bark it's just cool man and we'd hang out down there and eat breakfast and you know buffet and you know and lounge around all day and and then all our very rich all of, everybody lived in the building was super rich they didn't need to work so they had nothing else to do but hang out downstairs too on the couch right so they come down and we have these bullshit sessions, you know, and, and then it was like, who, you know, who are you? Oh, this is my, my security guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a veteran. What is that? Oh, he's an army. Woo. You know, it's like, a, it's like, it's like a, a puppy. Like, yeah. Oh my God, you found it. That's what those puppies look like. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was like, it was literally, it was what, literally like that. What, man. what, what breed is he? Oh, it's just, he's a Delta force. Uh, he's a Delta force OGA mix. I'm not even sure they knew what that meant. Right. But yeah, so I remember, you know, I mean, and here's the thing about these rich people, man. 
And I've worked around a lot of rich people. I've had some rich partners, business partners. And there's only about four things they can talk about. Four things. They can talk about wine, food, hotels, and the women can talk about other women's dress, right? They talk shit all the time. That's like their, that's the four main topics, you know? That's all they know in the world, right? Is wine and fine dining and uh, hotels, travel, and other people, how to, you know, look like shit, right? And so, um, and so, they were very boring. And then every now and then it was like, uh, they would ask me a question about the military. And I was like, okay. And I start to tell them something and they just cut me off and start talking about wine and shoes and fucking hotels. And so, you know, like, I mean, because it went right over the head. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you. I didn't want to talk to these people, you know? And I remember one day we were sitting down there and there was this one woman from England, very wealthy and uh, very talkative. And there's a whole bunch of people sitting there and, they asked me, oh, and oh yeah, they were all Trump bashers. So they hated Donald Trump too. That every one of the people in this building, right, hated Donald Trump. And uh it was pretty apparent that I did not, right? But I kept my political beliefs to myself, my religious belief. I tried to maintain my professional poise, even though my client was sitting on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> on <the couch>. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's paying the bills, you know. Yeah. What to do, you know? Yeah, she wants fuck to are you gonna do? Yeah. On my head. She's paying me two thousand dollars a day. Yeah. And so um but um, I remember the question came out. She goes, um, you know, it went into homosexuals and transgenders in the military. And, you know, what's wrong with that? I go, bah, 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 bah. And I told her, I gave her my personal story of what actually I went through in 82nd. Um, back in 1982, I watched what happened when one guy who was gay and nobody knew it sexually assaulted another soldier, one of our soldiers while he was sleeping after oh, yeah. a two party. And that turned into literally a a battalion fist fight every day for 30 days. It, Those guys against my platoon, my, I was in a recon platoon, and these guys were non-combat. They, they were they were combat related. Um, it was a military intelligence battalion, and they hated us anyways because recon, right? And anyways, it was just a fight every day, so bad that we were completely dysfunctional and combat ineffective. My my. Battalion commander took us all across the street to York Theater and Fort Bragg and basically said, it all stops now. He goes, and I'm going to start burning people in Article 15. He goes, this doesn't end right here right now because it was just getting way, way out of hand. And so um, anyways, um, so um, this is, you know, this was, so I'm trying to explain to her why this was such a bad thing, you know, because what they don't understand is when it comes to combat arms, um, 99% of those people in combat arms, whether it's Green Berets, Rangers, Marines, SEALs, et cetera, are conservative. They're patriots, they're Republicans, right? They're not liberals um, by any stretch. You know, they probably are now because they're, they're cramming them down everybody's throat, but at that time they weren't. And, uh, and suddenly when you infuse the ranks with this other, you know, these other people with different sexual preferences you know i mean think about it think about if you were in a platoon with a bunch of hot chicks you know yeah i'm not you're like dude in there you know it's like you're setting yourself up for you can set up for failure man worst that the worst podcasts i do are with they've only happened a couple times are with attractive women they're not good <laughs> because i'm not on topic i'm yeah. not doing a podcast i'm flirting it's <laughs> fucking terrible yeah, yeah. so <laughs> anyways uh so i'm trying to explain to her uh, this what happened and why I think it's a bad idea and it doesn't work. Right. Um, and she was just 
coming on hand. She's like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. I, I, I can't take this. And she just started like, she got up and walked, stormed away. I'm like, wow, I just told you what happened, you know? And, and I gave you my opinion based on my real life experience, none of which you have because you, you've never met a veteran until today, right? Nobody in this building has, right? So that's why I'm like a, I'm like a little rock star, you know? It's like, wow, that, that's what they look like. These army guys look like that, you know? <laughs> and so uh, anyways, but I hated them. I hated these people. They were just so liberal, so out of touch, man. Um, they were not, they don't know anything about common people, man, the middle class. They were so uppity. They don't know jack shit about the rest of the world, right? Other than wine, food, hotels, and other people's clothes. You know, that was just, that was all that was central to these people, right? Um, and um, so anyways, um, I, I, I had no, I just, you know, I just kept my mouth shut, tried to be professional, you know, they tried to drag me into these conversations, and I'm like, ah, you know, but anyways, so finally what happened was, uh, as time goes by, you know, I'm realizing this woman's falling in love with me, she asked me to stay with her, you know, and uh, suddenly we're going from me being a bodyguard to probably being, possibly being, you know, her, her life partner of some kind, right, and, uh, we, she's making all these plans and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm living in Indonesia. I'm building a company over there, yeah. you know, and I realized I don't want her money. I don't need it. You know, I, I want to build my own business, make my own money. Um, I'm really not, I wasn't married yet to my current wife, but you know, I was like, this is, I said, and I told her, I said, I would never get alone in your world. We'd last two or three months before we, it'd, each be, it'd be a fun fling. And then yeah. it would yeah, you know, and uh so finally what ended up happening was uh some you know I was I spent some time with her, right? And I realized, okay, this, this thing is dead. She's not getting the jewelry back, she's not getting the money back, she just lost a million dollars worth of shit. And uh because she trusted somebody too much. And I just felt like, you know, at this point nobody's gonna come and kill her because they got the diamonds, they got the money, yeah. and it's a dead end road for her, right? She's got nothing. And uh so I finally said, look, you know, I'm going to, I got to leave, you know, I think we're done here and I don't want to keep taking your money, you know? And, uh, I knew if I didn't get out soon, this was going to get really freaking ugly, you know? Um, so I've told her, I said, you know, tomorrow I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to go home and, uh, we're done. So she's like, you know, so the morning comes up, she's got a limo waiting for me. She calls me into the kitchen. She's on the kitchen counter, right? She calls me over and, Anyway, she's crying and boohoo and holding me and stuff. And she's asking me, can I spend one more day with her and go to, um, um, ah, what is it uh, out in the desert? Um, is Burning there Man? Huh? Those festivals? Burning Man? No, no, no. It was, uh, it's, uh, um, it's a resort. Uh, man, I'm having a brain fart right now. But it, anyway, it's a nice resort in the desert. And she's asking me, come with me and spend a night with me out there, you know. And then tomorrow she goes, I'll put you on a jet and uh, a private jet and fly home. You know, <laughs> and I looked at, it, I go, well, I said, come on. I said, we're going to go out there and what do you think is going to happen? I said, you know, we're going to, we're going to be doing it like rabbits. And tomorrow I'm going to get on that airplane anyways. Right. I said, so let's just not drag it out <laughs> and, uh, and move on. Right. And, uh, and I literally turned around and walked out the door and never looked back. Well, I got back to Florida and, uh, like a few days later, Without going into details, there was a really big fight in Las Vegas, right? Uh, televised. 
And uh, I get this, and I was like 10 o'clock at night in Florida, and I get this phone call from her. She's losing her shit. And I go, what's wrong? She goes, there she is. She's at the fight, and she's wearing all my diamonds. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. She's literally at the – she's at the – the uh, where the fight is. I'm in Las Vegas. And she's sitting right there with the gang and, and these prominent boxers and stuff wearing all the jewelry that she had stolen. No. <laughs> and uh, as she goes, get her, get her. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I go, how am I going to get her, right? And then, so I ended up calling some friends. Um, we ended up getting a hold of the security managers at that hotel and other Something hotels. Something went wrong. Please try and, again. Uh, sorry. You're good. And uh, and so they started tracking her from hotel to hotel, resort to resort, right? Um, I can't remember which ones she went to, but several, like MGM and others. And uh, they had her on CCTV camera. And basically, she was she was patrolling around and soliciting men is what mm-hmm. she was doing. She was doing the same thing she did to the first guy, you know, got her into this thing. And uh, and they were tracking her. And, and so now I'm talking to the FBI field office in Las Vegas. I'm telling the story. So I'm doing a lot of work, like in a very short amount of time. And uh, that ended up turning into, well, um, I said, can we, I got friends out there right now. I said, can we just go ahead and arrest her? And they're like, no, because her felonies are in California, not Nevada. And uh, I said, if you arrest her or grab her, that's kidnapping, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then so all this other stuff was getting in the way. Like, oh my God, man, she's right there. And uh so anyways, they kind of lost track of her, but she was manifested to get on a private jet in the next morning, right, with this boxer and, and, the, and the whole gang. She was manifested to fly out. So what I was going to do is just set up an ambush. Um, she shows up, roll her up right there with the cops, right, and, and then have her extradited. Um, but uh, she's the only one that didn't show up at the airport, the only one that didn't show up. Did oh, not show up. Yeah, and so so – that's kind of how the the whole, the big picture of the story you know kind of goes um but it was uh very interesting and uh, there's a lot of things that happen in between that just you know I always tell people it reminds me of the movie uh the bodyguard with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston but bodyguard 10x um yeah. my story is much better than his story yeah it was it was a lot of fun so my kind of my own naive questions. I guess one more surface surface level is kind of like what I said about doing podcasts. You know, if I want to put out good pod, I know not to do it with like a hot single girl or not single. I'm single. So I don't give a fuck. Now, do you doing executive protection? I would imagine that that not only is it just, you know, you don't want her own shit. She's kind of in a different stratosphere of wealth. And like you said, it would be a fun three months and then it'd just be a disaster. Are you also looking at it as like a, well, if you start flirting with her, if you start getting feelings for her, that has to, at some tactical level, you're not going to be as like, you know, bug eyed and like looking at the door and looking at windows. And that's got to start to talk. I mean, it's literally a change in brain chemistry, right? Oxytocin, dopamine. Yeah. That's yeah. got to like you wouldn't take a you wouldn't take a Xanax or start or start drinking on the job because you want to be on point. Yeah. That's got to that's got to be one thing, right? Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, man, you know, I could have fallen in love with her. I'll tell you right now, probably any dude could have fallen in love with her. She was attractive, you know, very attractive, very well built. Um, 
she had big boobs and she told me she already had big breast reduction. Oh, what? <laughs> so, but she was, there was not an ounce of fat on her. Uh, just amazing woman, man. Very amazing. Very smart. She had it all. She had it all. Any other guy would have probably jumped on that. And, you know, who knows how it would have turned out. But, you know, at my age, I mean, Christ Jimmy, I was 50, 55, I think, 56, 55. And, uh, yeah, 55, I believe. You know, she's 30, 31. And uh, not that that's that big of a deal, but I just have a life experience to go, you know, I want something different in life. I don't want money, her money. I don't want, you know, I don't want to get caught up with this because – I've been through these relationships before. They're, you know, they're wild and crazy for a minute. They're fun, but kind of, you know, poof, go away. And I kind of knew this was where to go. And I tried to imagine living in her world, you know, out there with these people, man. I was like, I, I would, nah. In, in a few weeks, I just start freaking going to kill and scream. I couldn't take well, it. I, that's the other thing I was thinking is how long until it's you in a in a seersucker suit punching yeah. some trust fund kid in the face because he said. You know, he said all soldiers are rapists or something, and it's you yeah. fucking defending your brothers. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle it, man. And uh, and so, yeah, and you're right. You know, um, I'll be honest with you. It was luckily, you know, I have the maturity that I could stay on point. Um, you know, no matter what she did or how things things played out with us, you know, they think some things played out, but um, I always meant to maintain my, it would keep my professional poise when I needed to, you know, and so, um, and that comes with maturity because when I ran the detail in, in Hong Kong, <clears throat> I would not hire any guys less than under the age of 44. Um, most of my guys were around 44 or older. And there's a reason for that. Um, younger guys don't have that experience. And two, what I've learned was, especially when you have an attractive client, mm. uh, there's attractive women involved, then things are going to go side. And that actually happened. I, I brought one guy in that was 32. He's a good friend of mine. And, uh, I said, listen, man, I said, please, I said, please, you know, keep your dick in your pants. Straighten I said, out. just, you know, keep your professional poise. Because I knew he was very attractive to women. I already knew he's, you know, women like this guy. And this 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 particular woman was a little player. Her problem was she couldn't play because she's guarded 24-7 by us. Old man was smart. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so, you know, <laughs> so now this guy shows. And there's another story that goes along with that. But basically... He calls me one day. He goes, dude, I was in her office. They had a birthday party for all her, you know, her agents, employees, and eating cake and cupcakes. And she was feeding me cupcakes by hand. I go, are you kidding me? I said, you should take your ass out of that room and stand outside the door. I said, you do not let the client mm-hmm. feed you cupcakes with her hand. And uh, and so it got even. And he, you know, he just didn't know what to do. Um, he didn't play along with. It. He just got caught in an awkward moment. Um, and but he was at least you know decent enough to always explain to me what was going on. So I was aware that she was putting the moves on him. And he ended up, uh, she's a in Morocco. They were in Morocco. The rest of the de- detail was still in Hong Kong. He and another guy went to Morocco because she said, "I only want this guy and this guy." Mm-hmm. Right? She didn't like me at all because I'm mm-hmm. an asshole. The old man yeah. liked me. We got along fine because we're the yeah. same age and stuff, you know. And yeah. but uh, I got along just great with him. But uh, she didn't like me because you know I'm just too much alpha for her. But uh, anyways, she picked the guy. I want that guy and that guy. You know, ah, whatever. So I guess means I get like a week off in Hong Kong by myself, you know, and hang out yeah. at work. So I was good with that. But she called him up one morning. Uh, the old man was gone at a meeting. And it was really early in the morning. She calls him up. She says, I need to talk to you. He comes up and she's laying on the couch in her in her uh, morning robe, nothing on underneath it, all laid out. And she says, sit down, you know, 
I run the detail now, you know, I'm, I know more about security than you guys do and blah, 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 you know, and he doesn't know, the old man doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, she's actually throwing the old man on the bus, I'm like, whoa, and she's putting the moves on this guy, and to his, better, his credit, man, he literally got up, walked out the door away from her, went downstairs, grabbed his shit, went to the airport and flew out to New York, and when the old man comes back, goes, where's that so-and-so? Uh, he left. Why? I don't know. And she goes, I think we should fire everybody. She told him, we need to just fire all these guys. Oh, fucking bitch. Clean the house. Right? And the Liquidation. Old like, yeah, my, my old man was like, why would I do that? And right, you know, it wasn't that enough. It's like, why would I fire those guys? They didn't do nothing. He left. Okay, left. But, uh, you know, but she knew. She yeah. knew that I knew. Oh, yeah. I knew everything. And she knew we all knew everything now. now daughter's, daughter's a hoe, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And she ended up firing every guy one by one. Very sneakily got rid of every dude, man. I was the last to fall. She waited until I went on vacation. <laughs> and she pissed him on before I came back. I went to detail. I'm thinking, you know, and old man was like, you know what? You just take charge. Right? He had no idea what was going on. As soon as she got it, she called the, the, the employer. Go, I don't want that guy back here. She That's knew. Bitch. She knew. And then she hired all these guys from Europe, all these pretty boys, you know, long hair and slender. Go, oh, yeah, I know what she's doing. She's she's uh she's, she's getting, her, she's getting yeah, her stable. Yeah. Anyways, um so, so yeah, anyways, I've got my you know, I've had my days in this business. And uh, you know, the thing about doing bodyguard work, um, it's really not that glamorous, you know. Sure. Honestly, um you're tr- one of my one of my guys, so He's actually my lawyer. He was a SEAL commander, was a, an attorney for Blackwater, um, a little bit older than me. He was on the detail with me. And she's literally telling me, and I got a doctoral degree. He's got a, a jurisprudence degree. And she's telling two of us with advanced degrees that she's smarter than us about security. And we're looking at it like, what? This you know, you know who you're killed. And it's a Delta Force guy and it's Navy SEAL. Are you, you know, this is the kind of person that we're dealing with. Um, but, uh, you know, it was... Um, it's a shit show because we got treated like shit all the time. I remember going to Paris with her and her old man and one other guy from Australia. And, uh, you know, she, big pink Louis, Louis uh, Vuitton purses, and she's making him carry it. I wasn't going to carry it. No, my hands need to be free. I'm not carrying your pink purse in a suit downtown the streets of Paris, you know. But, uh, you know, she was just always doing stuff like that. You know, just treated us like dogs, you know, like valets yeah. and shit, you know. And I was like, you know... This is not a yeah, fuck you. This is this is actually kind of standard in that world. Um, you're looked down. I, I believe you know, it. Yeah, you kind of look down upon as like the help. You know, you're just a security dog. You know, and and uh, what these people don't realize sometimes is some of us are actually, um, you know, well accomplished, well certified, well credentialed, um, well you know, well accomplished on many levels. You know, and including businesses. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah, just because we're not billionaires doesn't mean you're better than us, you know. And so, um, so I, I personally, you know, I did the work because when I did it, I got paid well because I demanded it. You know, it's like you know, I'm, if I'm going to be a little bitch, you're going to pay me for that, you know. And there's still going to be guy, there's going to be rules, my rules. But uh, I get a lot of requests for bodyguard work. You know, people always want to do it, but uh, you know, it's kind of a thankless, gutless job. You know, it's long hours, can be long hours on your feet, um, you know, and it doesn't take much to screw up, especially on your client, you know, depending, you know, depending on their attitude and stuff. Um, so here's a funny story. So, so I'm with the client and, uh, 
we're out at this, uh, we're out at dinner one night and it's me and the other bodyguard. We're kind of sitting off the side. Old man calls me over. He said, Hey man, he goes, um, tonight is a world cup between Holland and Mexico. He goes, can you get us a table at, uh, uh, Delaney's sports bar, downtown Wan Chai, Hong Kong. And uh, we were like a best table for the big screen. So we can watch the soccer game. So I call one of my guys and he's there already talking to the manager. And unfortunately, the main table that they wanted was already booked. I go, damn, who's got it? He goes, the uh, Mexican Chamber of Commerce. I go, what? The Mexican Chamber of Commerce in, in Hong Kong? They have that? He goes, yeah. He goes, <laughs> so they already got the table. I'm like, okay. I said, can you get another one? He goes, well, we've got another one. It's pretty good. Not as good, but it's good enough. I said, okay. So I go back to the table. So now all these years I've been teaching. I was a professor for Henley Putnam University. And I taught um, – um, couple of different topics. One of them was psychology of violence, right? Which in that, in that course, I talk about things like cartels, Mexican mafia, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> when he said, when he said the Mexican chamber of commerce, the only thing I heard was Mexican mafia, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I walked back to the table and I said, oh, sir, I said, the good table is already taken. I'm sorry, you know, but we have another table. It's pretty good. But you know, the one you want it gone, he goes, who's got it? I go, well, sir, it's occupied by the Mexican mafia, right? And I did not realize what I said, right? And she He's looked Christ at me yeah. like, what the fuck, right? And uh, and I thought of it. He looked at me kind of giggled. I go, what? And I go, ah, oh, I said, no, sir. I said, it's too late. I couldn't ring the bell, right? Jesus said, Christ, Dale. And I'm like, and, and but here's the thing, right? At that time, I was my my ex was Panamanian Chinese, right? So yeah. um, Hispanic and Chinese. So I think, you know, I, was, I wasn't being racist or anything yeah. um, <laughs> and so he looked at me kind of rolls like what and he kind of I, I said ah sir i said i meant the mexican chamber of commerce right and so i said that's just kind of a slip you know i i can't explain it at this point it's just she's not going to give me that chance she goes you know what i really don't appreciate that i said ma'am i'm sorry i, I didn't mean it that way um it just kind of came out the way and she goes i well i don't like that and i'm like this ma'am sorry you know, and I'm like, a little bitch. 30, I got daughters older than her, you know. Yeah, so fucking knock her teeth out, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of let it go, just try to keep my professional poise. And uh, then we get into their their uh, limo, right? She's got this, um, oh, my God. She's got this Rolls Royce Phantom from hell, man. And uh, it's, it's like a tank. And we get in it. I'm sitting in the front seat. Um, and they're armored? in the back. Huh? Armored? It's not armored. Uh, it might as well be, but it was massive, man. It was amazing. Um, they had the patent on the paint, paint, uh, everything. So we're driving along across town, not far. And I could hear it back, you know, and I could hear her talk about the Mexican mafia. Blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, oh, she's not going to let this go. I know she's not going to let this go because this is it. This is what she wanted. This is how she's going to get rid of me. The last survivor, man. You know, she's got rid of all the other guys. This is it. And, uh, so I turned around and said, ma'am, I, I'm going to apologize again. I didn't mean to say it that way. I said, and I tried to explain why. She said, well, I really don't appreciate that. I said, I get it. I said, and I'm not going to you know, argue with you. I'm just trying to tell you it wasn't, wasn't deliberate, you know? And uh, so anyways, so I think I also forgot. We go there, successful night. It's really crowded. Um, I'm there about another two weeks. And then I come home for 30 days on, on leave. And then uh, I'm getting ready to go back a couple of days out. Call the I call the the company that you know I'm working under and I say hey you know ready to come back you know blah 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 I'm like hey man we apologize but uh, the old man gave her the detail and she did not want you back the what Bitch. why 
She just doesn't want you back. Oh, I said, I know why. Oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why. And I said, I should have saw that coming, man. But uh, so, you know, that turned into, well, you know, screw it. So anyways, the cool thing is that particular company, um, <laughs> they put me on a retainer for $7,000 a month um, until, you know, they had some other work they wanted me to do in South Africa and some other stuff, you know, and they took really good care of me, you know, because um, I did, I thought I did a pretty good job for them, you know, I'm, you know, anyways, but this is my point, you know, is this is not, this is not a, a it seems glamorous, but yeah. it's, not, it's, it's hard work and you got to put up with a lot of bullshit, a lot of insults, um, a lot of risk. You know, I constantly found myself, you know, trying to, for example, okay, this guy didn't dance. He was an older guy. He, you know, he smoked like 10 packs of cigarettes a day, you know, um, and she was young and she wanted to party. And so we'd go to these nightclubs and she wanted to dance. And so he couldn't dance. So he had to stand on the side and, and she'd go out and dance. Of course, all the young expats, you know, from especially the Brits and Australians were out there trying to hit on her, you know, in front of him, you know. And uh, my job was basically just to kind of keep them back. So she's out there dancing. I'm standing on the dance floor. I'm back, 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 you know? <laughs> and and, uh, and same thing with him. Somebody had to cover down on him because they would bully him. Yeah. And so, you know, it was like, how, how, do, how does anybody enjoy this? You know, yeah, what am I doing? I mean, yeah. I guess the money is right. Yeah, you know, and so, um, you know, I found myself doing a lot of that stuff, you know, it just, you know, some of the, you know, just the way I felt like sometimes I'm being treated um, and looked down upon. It's like, this is not cool, you know. Um, the upside was I had, you know, I had my own apartment in Wan Chai, fully paid for downtown. A very nice apartment. Yeah. You know, I had some good digs. Um, I had everything I needed right there, you know. So nice gym right around the corner. Everything was right. It was a really cool place to live. Wan Chai was awesome. Uh, outside of that, you know, the job, it, it was it was thankless, man. I just I did not enjoy it. It's gotta, yeah. It's gotta be something that it's probably fun at first, and it would probably maybe even stay fun if you were constantly switching details. I could yeah. see where that maybe keeps it spicy, but I mean, at a certain point, yeah, you do gotta, right? Because I mean, you're never gonna make that money in the army, but to be in Delta, right, and have the respect of your peers, yeah. and and even from your superiors, right? I mean, they still fucking you're tier one. You still, you know, you get the nod. That that's got to be kind of a a deeper level of kicked in the nuts to just be talked down to by some rich. Bitch. Well, remember this, I, you know, I've 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 had companies I built successfully and sold them. My well, that too, company, you know, you know, you're a competent person. Yeah, I sold my first company G4S, um, you know, 2004. I've sold another company 2011 to another company. You know, so I've built companies. I've made money. I've done well. Um, you know, in many areas of my life, you know, and uh, I took this job. It's funny what the reason I took that particular job is because I'm in Hollywood doing these movies. So I ended up by chance in Hollywood. I didn't ask to go there. I got discovered literally by Discovery Channel. Um, that led to one TV show and NBC saw me go, hey, you know, and they pulled me in another show. And then next thing you know, I got uh, I got a uh, uh, production group a company out of Dallas calls me go hey we want you to be our poster boy you know and and then next thing you know you know I'm neck deep in Hollywood networking and doing all this stuff you know I'm do done quite a few TV shows and uh, and then I'm starting to realize you know this is not going anywhere I'm not liking it you know um, you know I was told that if I had stayed in LA and got a place to live I could possibly be the next Danny Trejo 
Um, they could have yeah. me on TV every yeah. day, you know, but they said, you have to live out there because they don't want to pay for me to fly back and forth. They said, come out here, establish yourself. You got, you got the look, you could be the next Danny Trejo, you know? And I thought about, it. I was like, man, you know, faking the funk just ain't getting it. I said, this is not what I do. You know, there's no substance to this. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from actors, you know, yeah. it's hard work, but it's not, it's not real work. Like what I'm used to, like, you know, I don't, when I shoot people, I don't shoot them for you know, the blank gun. Yeah you're, not, <laughs> you're not, so, yeah. you're not shooting and being like, did you see that? It's life or death. Yeah. And so I decided that at some point, um, a couple of things happened. Um, one, I said, sold my company to another company and I was actually still running my company under them. They were the umbrella company and I was sitting at home making over $23,000 a month, just at home passively, you know, um, yeah. you know, for years, plus doing all the other stuff I was doing. Um, and the investor that bought the companies, he screwed it up. Um, and I literally walked away. So I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this, you know, and the whole Hollywood thing was starting to lose its luster, um, for many reasons. And, uh, and then I had an opportunity that I heard about from a former Delta guy, a plank holder. And I heard him run his detail in Hong Kong. And I called him up. He goes, yeah, we need a guy right now. I said, I'm in. And that's how I ended up living in Hong Kong and working over there. And then I met my wife over there. And then one thing led to another. I ended up living, moving to Indonesia um, where I saw some business opportunities, built another company over there. And I moved from Jakarta to Bali. So I've been in Indonesia like seven years, Bali four and a half years. And, uh, been pretty successful you know running a security company over there and and, and living the life you know in paradise but uh um everything has purpose you know and you know when i look back everything was you know i got something out of everything even running these security details you know i learned a lot um learned a lot about people learned a lot about life um learned a lot about the profession you know the profession and uh and i more importantly learned a lot about myself about you know what i really like and don't like Mm -hmm. honestly bodyguard work um the glamorous is the looks and sounds it's not glamorous it's it's it just sucks. I, I feel like maybe being in like the inner circle of like potus i feel like that could maybe probably constantly be cool but well, so let me tell you another funny story <laughs> when you said that potus right <laughs> so uh, without getting into too many details again and breaking opsec um i was on the detail with george bush senior uh during desert shield desert storm um oh shit yeah um basically i had to augment the secret service and uh because you know they were really strung out trying to you know send out their uh survey teams in the front you know and set up everything and leapfrogging and so um they needed some augmentation i ended up being an augmentee um won't go into the details on that other than i was in their second ring of security so you got your inner yeah you got the in the middle guys were within arm's reach then you got the second perimeter which you know we were about i don't know 10 meters out the next perimeter and then you got your uh your thirds which is your kind of your cat team counter salt team your snipers on the outside looking in i was on the second uh second circle and uh and so i remember when we got there the night before um this was in saudi arabia we, we downloaded all our stuff and uh somebody had to stay behind and secure the, all the sensitive items, the gear and stuff like that. While the rest of the team went and uh, coordinated with the secret service and everybody that was going to be on the movement detail the next day. So I personally didn't get to meet anybody that, you know, we're going to be working with. Um, 
So the next day it goes around, we get on a helicopter, we fly out in advance and go out to one of the Ford operating bases, if you will, um, like literally out in the desert. It was like some out of a movie, man, set dunes, you know, with some tents and shit, you know, and, and uh, I think it was maybe a company out there. Um, and so we land, get out there, and and then uh, later on the old man shows up. He shows up with his wife. He showed up also with um, SecDef, a couple other politicians, right? And they're going to have Thanksgiving with the troops, you know? So all the troops had to take all their bolts out of their rifles, right? So now they're all standing unarmed. Um, and then... Uh, you have to do that if POTUS is coming? Yeah. They did it, they did it then. They took their... It took they all the guys' weapons. Wow. Yeah, they sure did. Um, so um, they show up and, you know, they're eating, you know, they're all, they're eating at different picnic tables, talking to the troops and I'm standing there pulling security, you know, and I'm wearing civilian clothes. And I remember this really big dude, man, um, wearing uh, uh, camouflage, desert camouflage uniform. He's walking up to me and he knows who I am, apparently. But I don't know who he is because I can meet anybody. He walks up to me, and he goes, hey man, how's it going? It's good to have you out here. And he goes to shake my hand. And I look at him, I go, I said, sorry, I can't shake your hand. I'm working right now. He looks at me like, you know, I wouldn't take my hand off the weapon. Right? Yeah, yeah fuck that. Like, oh, okay. I, and he walks away and I'm like, damn. That Broke that guy's poor heart. <laughs> no, the guy, so the guy who's in charge of Secret Service detail, right? He's, a, he's actually a former, I think he played for, I think he played for the Baltimore Colts, Colts at one time. He's a linebacker, so he's a big tight dude. Yeah. And, uh, and he, and he knew who I was. I just yeah. know who he was. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, glad you're out here. And, and I'm like, Jack and POTUS. Bother me. I'm working right now. And I, we even look at him, just a couple of around, like, find me another target to kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be, that, that'd be me. I'd be that retard. Well, hey, Dale. Well, apparently he was like pretty impressed. Like, damn, you know, this guy freaking had well, just sure. put a hand on the weapon, wouldn't shake my hand, even though I'm in charge. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, and after it was all over, I thought, I'm like, oh, shit. I, you know, I called my team leader over and said, hey, man, that just felt bad. Up. I'm going to go sign an autograph. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you got to, right? I mean, that's yeah. there's no more of a VIP than that. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter if it's U.S. soldier, soldier well, hey, fucking I'm, rioter, take them out. Yeah, that was my training, man. My training was kicking in, you know? I got yeah. to weapon, so. Um, that's bad. But, yeah, uh, the world of bodyguards, man. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff for individuals, worked as teams. Um you know, I've, 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 I've secured the richest man from uh, Israel in Mexico City. Um, that was a shit show, not because of me, but <laughs> there's another story. So there's a guy. So I get I get called on to come down to this detail to help secure it. And uh, they've already got a detail leader, team leader. And they're like, you know, we've had him before, so we don't want to bring Dill in. You know, they, they wanted me to be in charge. But I was kind of like an afterthought. It's like, ah, we don't want to piss off the other guy you know it's a slight him he's always been in charge yeah i'm like hey i don't care you know if a guy can do his job I'm, i'll be a hump you know no big deal i'm gonna be in charge so boy was that ever a shit show so it turns out this guy had lied about his resume everything right claimed special forces hand to hand blah 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 and uh and they just thought it was true until i get down there and so i meet the team and uh you know, we kind of, we get our briefing. Okay. This is what we're going to be doing. This is, you know, we're going to guard this old man, go here and do this and that and that. It's okay. And then uh, I'm expecting, fully expecting for us to start planning routes, you know, alternate routes. Let's lay out. Okay. Where's uh you know, the nearest police stations, um, you know, uh, hospitals, all the stuff that you would normally do, you know, contingency planning, then do a brief back, you know, 
So we got all this shit worked out, you know, call signs, radios, nothing happens. It's like tomorrow morning we're loading up and we're going. I'm like, well, really? That's not how we do. That's not how you do this. But again, I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I'm the new guy, so okay. So we go along, dude. We, dude, we. This guy missed his appointments because this asshole took us to the wrong hotel. Hmm. Dropped him off at the wrong hotel just to find out it's the wrong hotel because you didn't do the survey. You know, you didn't send a, the, the, the team out, the advanced team out, and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, oh my, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where the boss was like, you know what? I just give up. You guys just did whatever, do whatever you want, you know? And so at the end, we found out the guy had literally lied about everything on his resume. And, uh, and, uh, oh, he caught a, he caught a beating for that. But you know what? That is very, actually very common. This is not the first time this has happened. Um, I got several stories like that. So if you're out there and you're looking for bodyguards, you better vet your people really close because there's a lot of bullshitters out there, like real bullshit. Oh, sure. I mean, I would, I, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you know me, you've met me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a total, I'm a total goofball. Whenever I go buy alcohol or something, they're always asking me military discount. I'm always like, no, but it always just makes me think. I'm like, if I have a shaved head and I'm built, I could just sit there and be like, yeah, you know, Rangers, Delta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck not. Right. But it would take one like you to look at me and go, no, you're not. But if anyone else doesn't know, but I just got to fucking walk the walk. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And then it goes from them being bad on the team to, well, what if shit pops off? And all of a sudden you got, you got me shit in my pants and I don't know which way to point the gun. <laughs> like, right. Well, you know, it happens a lot. Uh, I know stories like this, you know, in Baghdad. Um, I, it's crazy. You know, there are a lot of fraudsters out there, a lot. There are guys out there that think because they were a bodyguard. And by the way, there's a difference between uh, – so in the military, you have what's called PSD, right, um, which basically is a, it's a, a protection security detail for, like, general officers. Um, there's a difference between those guys and guys that do executive protection, VIP protection for uh, commercial, like, you know, private uh, clients, you know, those types of people. There's more that goes into it. But so a guy that's you know, been riding around the back of a Humvee – you know, a military uniform and a helmet protecting the general, you know, thinks well, I'm good enough to be a team leader on a on a private executive team, you know, traveling around the world. And they're not. Um, there's a there's a huge difference. And when it comes to the private sector, for example, uh, you know, there are protocols as well, but there's a lot more in gate involved in that travel planning, site surveys. I mean, my my client, we flew literally, I remember one time we flew from Hong Kong, um, we flew to Paris, from Paris, we flew to New York, from New York, we flew to uh um, uh, Mexico City from Mexico City we drove to Hermosillo back to Mexico City then to LAX and then we flew from there I think we flew back to, to Hong Kong right we flew literally around the world nice. private jets commercial jets you know um, we've got hotels laid on all along the way you know um, and then the hotels he wants certain rooms he always had the best room you know always in the four seasons top suite $30 I think it was $30,000 a night you know I can go on and on and on uh, and then there's all the travel in between um, oh, yeah, we can't have guns with us. Where are we going to get guns? Okay, I got to coordinate with, you know, the police, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Mexican National Police, and got to get some guys. I hope I can trust them to carry guns and ride in a car with me so when things go bad, I can take his gun away from him and actually defend us. Yeah. You know, there's so much that goes to, into, this, into the, uh, that world. That, the um, cerebral game. Yeah, it, exactly, man. It's not just uh, get a gun and, and it's not knuckle dragger. That's that's no. that's tactician. No, no. There's there's a lot goes into that. You know, it's not it's not 
You're right. It, it's it's cerebral, right? Um, you know, you got to be able to run those operations 24-7 around the clock. The old man needs coverage when he's in the hotel room. Um, we had one guy sleeping literally next to his bed, man. Just yeah. Him, you know, um, but, uh, you know, that all takes coordination because everybody else needs sleep and food and, and you know, whatever. Got to dry clean their, their suits. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. It's challenging for me on a personal level, at least with my age and my experience. I'm just, you know, on one hand, it's it's a good job for younger guys. But the problem with younger guys is unless they they have some really good integrity um, and they're very professional, they're very professional, and they can avoid all that temptation. For example, going out at night and drinking yeah, yeah. the next day with alcohol in their breath, right? Yeah. Now we're off and go and party, and then they show up the next day, you know, freaking still, <laughs> still you know, or smoking, you know, when they're not supposed to be smoking, you know. Um, you know, checking out the girls or checking out the client's girl, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, but you know, those are the kind of things that get young guys in trouble. Um, and this is why older guys, particularly older guys that are married are a little bit better for that type of work. Um, you know, and my guys were older guys, married guys and all in fit guys. They were big dudes that would beat your ass, you know, and knew what they were doing. So, um, but you know, there comes a point for guys like me, it's like, man, it's like, you know, I'm getting being talked down to by this 32 year old woman and my yeah. wife. What would my wife think about that? You know, so I always think about it in those terms of my kids. You know, I'm gonna let her just because she's paying the bills. She gets to talk to me and tell me to carry around her pink purse. Yeah, I'm fuck gonna... right off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, now you get some clients that are very good though, man. You know, you, you lay down the, the plan up front. And go, sir. You know, you, you, these are my. You know, this is what we do. These are why we do certain things. This is why we'll tell you certain things. You know. Um, you work with us, we'll work with you, and we'll have a good team, you know, and everybody will be happy. But some of these guys, like, you know, I've been on details where we were just like eye candy. They love walking into a room with all with these their, Yeah. You know, they got five heavy hitters, like, you know, looking like gorillas in suits, you know, like, yeah, these are my boys here. Come come bring it on, you know. Yeah. And uh, for them, it's just the show, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways. I feel like you'd maybe want like a self-made billionaire or something. Maybe like someone that I guess respects it a little more. Um, yeah. I guess that that just goes for life in general. But that's got to be another thing. As I was imagining, um, it's got to be a good thing coming out of the military, where there is, I guess, an agreeable trade off. Right? You're not getting that. You're not tier one. You're not being. Or you're not in Delta anymore. You're not being red in. You're not. You know, doing the high speed front line. But. You also get, you know, for the work you do, you're also getting paid. You're also getting paid shit. I'm, I'm not shitting on anyone in the military, but you're not getting compensated for it. You're, you're putting your life on the line. There's got to be a nice little golden parachute kind of aspect, right? You come out and you go, this sucks. We got to deal with some dumb hose or something. But every week you're going to be making your sal. You're going to be making your annual Delta salary. Yeah. And that's kind of a, I see that. Ten, I see that temptation a hundred percent. You, you've done your time. Why not? Why not go get a pretty penny for it? You know, there's benefit. Yeah, you know, I mean, the money could be good. Um, sure. Travel, you know, the, yeah. the other benefits on the side. You, you know, get, you know, dude, I live in Hong Kong, my yeah. favorite city in the world. Yeah, I lived in, traveled to, worked in over 97 countries. Hong Kong was my favorite, bar none. For real, awesome man. Until the Chinese took over again a few yeah. years ago, but uh, uh, it's completely changed, man. It's amazing how different it's gotten in just in a few years. Um, but I love that, man, you know, and uh, here I get to live in Hong Kong, right downtown, middle of everything in the heart of Hong Kong. Bentley's, private jets. Yeah, you know, exactly, you know, and uh, 
that was the upside to it. But uh, on a personal side, it's like, man, I don't need all this crap, you know? Yeah. So, then go, I go, to, go get a couple of years of checks and then dip out. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. But it, it actually led to other opportunities, you know? Sure. It really did, actually, because I knew this is not my life's work. This is basically something I'm going to do for a little bit. Yeah. For this company. And that turned into, you know what? Which is going to give you a $7,000 retainer every month. Um, when we call you, you know, can you come on help? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that led to that. I literally, that actually ended up leading to me making about at one point, $150,000 every six weeks. Jesus Christ, Dale. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. But let me tell you, the job was really, 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 really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm not sure that was even enough money, but. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you've told some of the mercenary stories on here before. I'm like, no amount of money. You're telling that story where you had to like assemble your own guns and like one pistol only shot 15 feet. And you're like, we're so fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I guess to kind of, kind of pivot from there and I don't, don't, we'll we'll wrap this one up in a couple minutes is um, I would imagine you'd start. Now you don't want to throw your other guys under the bus. So you'd be upfront with them. But if I'm in your position and you've got that, like that experience, you know how to coordinate it. That's when you, that's when you make your own executive protection company. You don't yeah. got to go do it to take the, tell the guys, Hey, big five times the average bodyguard rate, yeah. but you don't have to go deal with all that shit. There's, right. I feel like that's the move. Of, there's a lot out there. That's the problem. Really? No. There's a lot of these companies out there, these mom and pop overnight windows. Everybody wants to be a bodyguard. There's just yeah. not enough work to make it to me, to make it lucrative. You know, at this point, yeah. especially you're going to be competing with a lot of people and like anything else, you know, in this line of work, it's a when it comes to business, it's not about your experience or what you know. It's who do you know. That's it. Mm-hmm. Who do you know. That's when you get the job. You know. Um, yeah. I know yeah. guys right now that are they're working for some very high profile, the highest profile people in the world. They're on the news right now, um, and so you know, and I know what they're going through, and you know, I'm like, you know what, brother? I was like, more power to you because. Yeah. You know, it's to me, it's just not worth the aggravation being away from your family, you know, and just putting up with, uh, you know, just the just these fucking cons. Um, it's good money, it can be good money, it can also be poor money, you know, it really can. Like I said, when I started the show, you know, I made two thousand dollars a day. That's bananas. All right, that's no, I'm probably the only guy in LA that ever got two thousand dollars a day. Um, but I made two thousand dollars a day for a very, in fact, the client goes, I said, Listen, you know, how long do you need me for? She goes, Listen, she goes, Stay for another 30 days, and here's my BMW 750 Li, it's yours, (laughs) brand new white one. I was like, What? She just turned around and bought herself a black one, so now I got the white one, she's got the black one. I'm like, You know, I I left, I said, No, I'm gonna take another. This is fucking something's not right here, yeah. You keep it, I'm not, that's not who I am, you're not buying me with a car. You know, um, but uh, so (laughs) it could be good money, but, you know, you better have your shit in one bag, you know, and uh, be worth it, you know, because there's a lot of guards, bodyguards out there that just don't know what they're doing. You know, they just have to be big, you know, Um, know just some fundamentals, but they really don't know this business like you should. There's more that goes to when it comes to being a bodyguard. um, You also got to have, you know, social skills. You know, you have to be able to, well, yeah, yeah. Clients, you know, on another level, like, you know, you got to build that rapport and that trust. I could never build that rapport and that trust with the wife. Um, she was just, 
I mean, it was like talking to my teenage daughter. Yeah. Uh, literally. Um, and so, but the old man, because he and I were very similar in age, it was a lot easier. That's why he and I got along really, really well. Sure. Um, even when we would go places, you know, he would introduce me to all his other billionaire friends and we'd stand around and they'd want to hear the stories and talk, you know, and, you know, but uh, that was fine. But, you know, that's a rare, that's rare, but you have to learn how to do that. And this is where some guys fall short. You know, you have to be able to communicate. Um, you have to be able to almost, um, you know, communicate some very abstract ideas um, that, you know, because even though your tactical mindset says this is how it should look, he doesn't have any idea what the hell you're talking about. So you got to re- relate it to him. Um, <laughs> so I just had another thought real hey, quick. So I, I go outside one day with my client. He was a big time smoker and he couldn't smoke in the building. So we go out on the street, downtown central Hong Kong. And, uh, once go out and smoke a cigarette. So I got with him. He's, he's lighting up, he's smoking. And I'm standing next to him and this guy walks up, this French guy, and he's got a cigarette. He goes, can I get a, can I get a light? And, uh, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the old man. The old man's like, looking at me and he's like, okay. And he pulls out his lighter. I shit you not. This was like a big lighter with about a hundred diamonds on it. <laughs> it was not a big lighter, right? And he pulls out like, holy shit. And he likes the guy's cigarette, right? And he put and he puts it away and the guy walks away. And I thought, I didn't say nothing. I thought, damn, did I just fuck up? Yeah, because that guy could have said, take that lighter and gone. Mine, yeet. Yeah. So I come back and I report to the detail, make sure everybody's got a dollar ninety nine big lighter in your pocket, hundred <laughs> percent, you know, and light the cigarette, you know. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's stuff like that, you know. And sometimes you learn these lessons the hard way. But you know, when my guy, man, this guy had so much money. Um, I mean, it was insane. How I was in Paris with his wife, and we, you know, she wanted to go shopping, and she would go to these boutiques. They would literally shut it down just for her, and she would literally go in and drop eighty thousand dollars in about thirty minutes on clothes, right? Yeah. Oh, I, on a regular basis, both of them easily all the time. So we, we, she and I go walking somewhere. She goes to meet all her friends were gay guys because she wasn't allowed around any other men. So, um, you know, straight guys, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I said that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You're good. You got it. So anyways, we, so we're leaving. It's broad daylight. We go out to the corner on one of the main streets and uh, I call for limo. It's on the way. She's standing like in the middle of the sidewalk. She's got this, looks like a bazillion dollars, man. Fur coat on, big pink Louis Vuitton thing, diamonds. I mean, she's like, damn, man. It's like great looking legs. And she's just standing there minding her business, looking out towards the street. And I'm actually standing towards the street with my back against the street facing her. So she's standing right there to my right, about 10 feet where I can see her and I can see all the pedestrians behind her. And I know the limousine's going to pull up behind me, right? So I'm just kind of standing there with my arms crossed. And uh, I noticed this guy. He looks like he's probably from Turkey or Morocco or something like that, right? Um, and uh, kind of a shorter guy. And he's smoking a cigarette. He's got these little beady eyes, man. He's eyeballing that person stuff. He's checking around. And he's walking back and forth. Like, and I see what he's doing. He's sizing her up and he's mm-hmm. trying to build the nerve. I know where he's going. He's going for the purse, right? <laughs> so he finally gets the nerve up. He throws a cigarette down and he starts to make a move towards her. As soon as he does that, I step forward and I look at him and he looks at me. I go, he's like, 
okay, okay. Game, res- game respect game. He never saw any of that happen. Yeah. Right? And I didn't say anything. Yeah. So we get in a, we get in a limo and uh, we make it back to the fourth season. Now it's dark. And uh, we pull up to the curb and I jump out on the passenger side. She's curbside and she's already out of the car by the time I get around the back. And there's about five or six French dudes standing with long trench coats. You know, they're obviously staying in a hotel and they're talking very loud, you know, pretty much about where we're going to go. Let's go drink beer. Let's go do this, you know, and blah, 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 you know, and then she gets out and they're like, no, they just yeah. laser locked in on it. Right. Like, damn, how could you miss that? And, and I'm like, I come around the back of the car. And I, I know what they want to do. They wanted to say something to her and she's got her back turned to me. I'm looking, I'm going, because she is brutal man she will i was like we're gonna have an altercation with her and i'm like just don't give me no trouble shut the fuck up just shut the fuck up thank you thank you thank you and uh we walk inside the hotel lobby she stops turn around she looks at me she goes did you see those men out there how they were looking at me i said yeah i guess they were kind of looking at you she goes i just don't like that it was so disrespectful i'm like what do you want me to do about it sorry sorry bitch you're hot like be happy so that turned into, you know, I thought it was over. I go to my room. I get a call from the old man like five minutes later. Do not let men disrespect my wife. I'm like, dude, I just kept her from getting her ass beat by a snatch per- a purse snatcher, you know? And so, yeah. but it was that kind of drama, man, that I'm dealing with, you know? I'm like, geez, man. So she, they didn't, she, you know, I'm doing my job and I'm not going around punching people in the head just for looking at her, you know? Um, there was another time we got out going to her office we were about 100 meters away and the traffic was jammed up and she's just got sh- a short fuse on her and she's in a she's in her car in front of me i'm in the follow car also she just jumps out of the car and just starts walking down the sidewalk in a beeline oh like, ah, shit i jump out behind her and i'm trying to catch up and there's a dude leaning up against a stop sign like this looking at his cell phone right she literally walks up to him and karate chops his arm chunk <laughs> <laughs> and walks through him right and he like falls over and what he, the and fuck he looks at her and i'm like right behind her. he looks at me i go i said i said it's okay it's okay she's crazy man <laughs> like, i said i know i know i know man but this is the kind of stuff i got to deal with because she felt like she could just do whatever she wanted and i'm gonna beat everybody's ass against her face you know i mean she's literally had tell she told guys you know Kick, kick their ass, kick her ass, kick her ass. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. We don't just kick people's ass because you're mad at them. You know, it's illegal. Yeah, it's assault. Yeah. It's oh my gosh. Yeah. And she's not it wrong was... though. I mean, she's probably in her whole life. If you don't kick her ass, kick ass, yeah. she'll just fucking fire you and get another one. So she's been, uh, what a bitch. So, anyways, that's just one of my. That's one of many, many, many of my different stories, man, out there. But I can know. see where that. I can see where that wears on you. Well. Not only that, it puts me in a bad position, you know, um, because now what happens is I get in a altercation, I get in a fight, and I get stabbed or shot. Because well, I do, and now you're dying for some dumb broad. I don't mind defending her, but you know, don't set me up for you know for a yeah. failure right off the bat, you know. Yeah. Um, so we had some, you know, there was a lot of things that went on that detail. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's exciting, but like I said, there comes a point where you know when you hit a certain age and maturity sets and it's like, you know, this is, this is okay. What am I doing? For younger guys are learning, you know, you learn it, but you get to a point like this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... money doesn't even matter, man. I mean, I, I walked away with a lot of money. Um, and like I said, you usually led to something else, bigger and better things. Um, you know, it's business at the end of the day and you build rapport, you know, you make, build a network. And usually if you're, 
if you got your stuff together, you know, you'll usually end up in a good place. Um, that was what it was for me. It was a start point to bigger and better things down the road. Um, you know, and so it all has, it all had a purpose in life. That, uh, that, that lighter. Yeah, if he's going out there, if he's a habitual smoker and he's always going out there, he's probably going to the same spot. That guy. Well, he didn't. We just happened to be at a restaurant or something. He's like, you know, I need a smoke. He was a chain smoker, man. He had to go outside and uh, and smoke. But uh, when I saw that lighter come out with all the diamonds, I'm like, oh, man. You know, fucking deja vu. There's nothing nothing cheap about his life. Uh He's got serious value to it, man. I mean, serious value to it. I mean, we would go shopping once a week for clothes, maybe twice, once every two weeks. Um, and he'd go to these high-end stores again, you know, Gucci, everything else. And they already knew he was coming. They would lay out all the clothes that they knew he kind of liked, would like, already had a size and everything. And he would just go, I like that, I like that, I like that, I like that, I don't like that. And he'd spend $100,000 just like that. And he didn't do it. He didn't pay for shit. He said, put on my on my tab and he'd leave and they'd ship it to his house. hundred grand, just like that. Like, damn, he never wore the same clothes twice, ever. Fuck. You know? That's my goal. Yeah, that's my goal. I look at, I look at that, and I get so like, I'm like this. That's so gross, and I'm so jealous. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? I, I just need that. What am I? Well, I'm gonna stop bitching. I just want to become a snappy dresser, though, man. I got to tell you, man, for his age, better uh, be. He was a snappy dresser, man. He he was definitely in vogue, man. Uh, Hairdo and everything, man. We spent a lot of time in the barber shop, and he got his hair cut in different colors and cut certain angles, you know. I guess when you got that money, you can do that. Like I said, I thought he was a good dude, man. Overall, I thought he was a good guy, man. Um, you know, I just uh, the other half was not did yeah. not appeal to me at all, man. Um, she had some. Uh, she definitely had some issues. She was not anybody's. Nobody liked her because of that attitude. Um, you know. So, anyways, there it is. That's, that's my I know. Opinion. I know. Ro- I know. Joe Rogan's got a team of Navy SEALs. I think I need a one up them. They off the if my pod not if when my podcast gets better, I'm I'm gonna have you put put a team together for me. Yeah, man. And I'll I'll fucking I'll just have you own it. And I'll I'll make sure to I'll make he sure. Needs to... A, he needs a team of Navy SEALs. He can save a lot of money just hire me. We're good, man. We're I know it's that. one one. Ver- well, that's my logic. Is I'm like. I'm gonna upgrade. I'm gonna have Dale put a team together for me, and I know how Dale feels about seals. So, I'm like Dale, put a team together for me. That's yeah, yeah, yeah man. You got yeah. I was, that's what I was wondering is if that guy is always. I guess I didn't know this wasn't the same place. You got to wonder is somebody scouting out? And they're like that's so and so, that's lighter. Yeah, those aren't fake diamonds. Yeah, you well, gotta... we we were being surveilled a lot on that particular job. Um, we had surveillance uh, the the Chinese mafia, and you can tell exactly who they are. They, they're really tatted out. They tend to have these high and tight haircuts. Um, Do they try to hide it, or is it kind of they don't give a fuck? They try to hide it, but you can't they, you can't miss them because just their look, man. And yeah. uh, so you know, we knew that there's a real good chance they're going to put a hit on his son who was young, 14. They're probably going to go for him, kidnap him, um, rather than the old man or maybe his wife. But uh, you know, we we had. We ran counter surveillance teams out there all the time. Um, and that's how we kind of picked them up. And you know who else was following us around? <laughs> they suck at this shit, surveillance. Um, DEA. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember when they, we were at a simple hotel. I'm standing on the, like up on the top of the stairs, standing outside, looking around. Very, a lot of traffic, a lot of pedestrians. 
I see American man and woman walking by wearing 5'11 pants, backpacks, uh, boots, hiking boots. They said contractor all over them. Said agency all Walked over out them. of an LLB. And, and, and they stopped and they're like taking a picture of this stupid benign looking hotel. Take a picture of me standing out front. I, I was like, hey, and, you know, I knew. Hey, boys, I've probably trained you. <laughs> yeah, they were the worst of the worst. I'm like, come on, guys. You make it so obvious, you know. So we've been followed by DEA, you yeah. know. The, the mafia and probably some of his other enemies we hadn't seen either, but, uh, but uh, we didn't do anything illegal. Uh, he didn't do anything legal. That I yeah, know. yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, as, as I've said before, Dale Comstock, you're the, you're, you're the coolest dude I've ever had on this podcast. Your, your story, <laughs> your stories never cease to make me laugh. Um, again, everybody, if you like these stories, go grab American badass. It's a genuinely fucking hilarious read. It's a short read. And uh, when's the you got any you got any dates on the new book? So no, so I'm just trying to get through this one. I'm doing. I like, know you got a million things going. I'm thinking that uh, once I get back to Bali, I'm gonna go back around the uh, a couple of weeks from now. We'll go back and then uh, hopefully slow down a little bit. I'm gonna start banging. Out. I got five books that I want to write. Uh, they'll all be eBooks. Um, I'll probably be able to make some hard copies for those that want it. But uh, um, definitely gonna start writing them. <clears throat> There's a uh, some really unique stories there. You kind of heard one of them, um, but this one I add the details to it and uh, Yemen stuff, the stuff in Singapore, the stuff in uh, Dubai. So you know, I got a lot of things to happen around the world that I've been doing since American Badass that uh, I want to tell the stories. Absolutely. But, uh, everybody's listening can follow me on Instagram, official American Badass. Um, I actually tell you saw it, I, a lot of little short stories. Yeah. Oh, you always got great little snippets, yeah. Teasers, you know, out there, you know. Um, oh yeah, there's two little, little two paragraph stories, a picture or two. I'll put the link to your Instagram in there and your Twitter. No, it's like it's it's great little get a little thirty second clips of Dale. Yeah, and that, that's little that was the genesis of this podcast. Yeah, because I was just looking, I was just scrolling through a fucking daily Dale feed. You know, I saw like the Bugattis, and I was like, fuck, is this shit? Yeah. That's, that's literally what I wanted to text you. He's like, Dale, can I can we do a story on this? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Um, very interesting time. You won't talk to me anymore for some reason, though. I think I don't know what happened, but you know, um, I th- I don't know what happened. Maybe she's I don't know. Maybe she got married. Maybe she just kind of you know whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know you know, but I know she really poured her heart out. And honestly, like I said, man, I was like maybe another time, but a different story. Another but, lifetime, yeah. But my life at this point, I'm like you know, finally, I really put. You know, I put my priorities before, you know, before the P, you know? And yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah. 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 It's still pink on the inside no matter where I go. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> not live off somebody else's money and, and uh, you know, <clears throat> no. So. <laughs> Life advice from Dale Comstock. It's, it's how to aim. It's how to draw a pistol. You taught me to always look at it, look away, look back. And lastly, it's still pink on the inside. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. It's, uh, but. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, let's wrap this one up. Um, we'll do the burrito bomb another episode. And um, yeah, man, as always, you know, I love talking talk about the burrito bomb next time. Fuck yeah. Funny story, too. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's do that, Dale. You know I love you, brother. I'll send Bye. you this when it's up. I'll text it to you, message it to you, and uh, yeah, let's get the burrito bomb on the books and uh, take care with everything we talked about earlier. Yep. And let me know how so I can 
help you in any way. All right, brother. Godspeed. Thank you so much. Dale Comstock.